Hey, this is Eugene Driscoll of ValleyIndy.org. Welcome to Naval Gazing, the Valley Indies podcast. I'm joined, as always, by fellow Valley Indie reporter Ethan Fry. Hello, Ethan. Hello. Today's episode finds us on the road. U.S. Mm. Senator Chris Murphy was in Derby August 24th today, which is what is Thursday, at Bad Sons, a brewery that opened on Roosevelt Drive in Derby in July. And we were there to talk about the Bad Sons property, mm-hmm. you know, a former, uh, I think, uh, tool and die place that mm-hmm. was, has been reborn. It's a good redevelopment project, you know, there in Derby. And uh, those type of projects are sorely needed. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you got a U.S. senator in the room. Might as well throw some Trump questions at him, right? Absolutely. He, he's yeah. a Democrat. Trump's a Republican. We might as well try to go for some clickbait, mm-hmm. try to stir the pot a little bit. And that was Ethan's job there, right? Yep. What I try to do, man. So we tried to ask uh, Senator Murphy just a bunch, just a bunch of questions about things happening on the national level. So Bad Sons, by the way, it's uh, started by two brothers from Shelton, the De Silva brothers, who have been in the craft beer world for about twenty years, mm-hmm. and the business in this continuing. Did you just? What was that? Was some kind of some sort of, right? <laughs> some sort of biological process? Going. We'll try to edit that out. <laughs> so what I would say was, Bad Sons is continuing this reputation that Derby has as this place to get a variety of good craft beer. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's they're they're starting to like Ansonia downtown, like Main Street there here in Ansonia. That's where we our Valley Indy offices on one fifty eight Main Street couple of restaurants. Have restaurant Row. Right. They're trying to establish themselves as this growing place for new restaurants. And Derby is sort of organically becoming a craft beer destination. And if you want proof, what do you want proof? Okay, fine. Do drop in. Roosevelt Drive and North Avenue is right down the road. Really popular place. I Pretty can't even, started at all. Really. I can't even get in there anymore. Mm. Not because it's crowded. Just they, don't, they don't want me. <laughs> and that's uh, the other side of town. You have the Hops Company, which is going gangbusters from yeah. everything I hear, uh, you know, same type of deal. And, I, and I'm assuming everyone at this point, because I know when we would write about craft beer in some way, we'd have to have those weird paragraphs in a story explaining what it was. All right, so probably for a second there, we just had to stop for a second because we had a phone call. But what I was saying was whenever we would write about craft beer, in the past, we would have to define what craft beer is, but I think since it's it's 2017, it's like it's like taken over now. Everybody knows what it is, right? So I don't have to stop this podcast and explain to you. Uh, what we have former colleagues from the News Times who've written entire books about craft beer. Yeah, it's a whole like subgenre now. Mm. Like you know, yeah, the, a lot of the bigger uh, media. Eric companies, Offgang, shout out. There you go. A lot of the bigger media companies won't send somebody. They <laughs> send somebody to this event. But they will have a whole beer columnist mm. or something like that. And one of those guys, I think his name is Will Sis for the Rep Am. He's a freelance writer. He's appearing at a Seymour Historical Society oh, right, uh, yeah. this weekend. Go to valleyindy.org uh, for more. Or, you know, buy an ad. We'll read the whole thing. So 
anyway, but just to give you an idea of how craft beer is becoming an important part of our local economy, according to the Brewers Association, that's an industry trade group, the number of breweries in the U.S. grew 15% in 2015. Mm. That was a total of 4,269 breweries. And that was the most at any time in U.S. history. Wow. Until this year, Trump gets elected. And now there are 5,562 breweries in the U.S. Even more. A new record, Mm. ladies and gents. So anyway, so Chris Murphy was at this thing, Senator Murphy. He shows up because this uh, was the former uh, Manger, I think it was called, uh, cast Ma- yeah. metal co- something. Die ca- Ma- is it Manger or Manger? I yeah, don't know. I wish Who, I knew. We weren't born to raise yeah, in the die valley. Die casting so. business, yeah. Which had been in existence until like a year or so ago. Yeah, it had been winding down. Mm. But the only thing that I knew about it really was that, I mean, I live on Hawthorne Avenue, which is, you know, you got Route 34 and then Park Avenue. And this uh, brewery is between those two uh, roads. And then there's a big hill. And I live at the top of the hill on Hawthorne Avenue. So I kind of look over these places, Mm. although I'm more down near the Yale Boathouse, not near this uh, new brewery, Bad Sons. But yeah, I just remember every once in a while they'd get a call because it looked like something was burning in there. And it was just like whatever old school smoke condition yeah yeah Yeah, they were smelting in there so every once in a while in the middle of the night it would look like the whole building was burning but so it's it's you know the roosevelt drive in derby you got a bunch of old sort of ugly buildings there you know that were once thriving and we've seen some some reuse you know, you had uh, uh, Mr. Junker and mm. they come in and the Roosevelt uh, Tower Antique Shop took over one of the big ones. You know, Books by the Falls is still there. Yeah, Books by the Falls, that's the, the mainstay. The, that's in the Bad Sons uh, uh, development there. And then like across the street, you got Derby Cellular, the former Derby Cellular, and then like a property sort of right next to it. I don't know if they're connected, but they're looking, they're looking not good. Mm. They're looking like you could probably maybe go in there and find... Uh, Maybe some copper if you have, you know, Valley Indy's always looking to diversify the revenue. They're just mm. not good. And then you have like a million cars going by all day and you yeah. have these underdeveloped properties. But then you got the dew drop right across the street there, booming. So it makes sense that these properties are, are being reused. And, and, this and then is, on weekends and like the summer, you've got in spring, you've got, you know, the Yale Boathouse, as you mentioned, like that. There's tons of people coming in from out they, of like the yeah. New Haven area. I mean, yeah. they're not, I don't know. They do nothing. They, 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 they go, go there, leave. watch the race, and, and they leave. leave yeah. But that, what, what are they going to do other but, than get gas? Yeah, yeah. If, if, if there were options, who knows? You know? Yeah. So we just thought this was a, an interesting... And so this podcast isn't about beer, per se. All right, you beer snobs out there, go take your, your skinny jeans and your Brooklyn hipster self and go, you know, whatever. Go read the Connecticut Post if you want to read about what types of beer this, this place has. Is this a session IPA? Or it's it's very much a, like a 1972 Nixon. Yeah, I don't It's know. a Spiro Agnew <laughs> taste to it. I don't, I don't get any of that. Hoppy. Is it hoppy? Is it, a, is it an American hops or more of like a Bavarian hops? I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll leave that to them. But this place has five buck beer. You can get a beer for $5 there, mm. which I noted in this interview. Brewed, brewed right in Derby. Right. So maybe should we should we bring up the uh, interview with the owner first? Maybe that's the the way to to do this. Uh, it's owned by two brothers. Like I said, it's Mark DeSalva and William DeSalva. 
the Salva. I'm sorry. That's the guy we used to work with at the News Times in Danbury. I apologize. Mike. Um, oh, DeSalvo? Yeah, I'm just all <laughs> over the place. I'm sorry. It's 6.30. William De Silva. Yeah, there you go. Also a well-known Danbury name. Yes. And Mark De Silva mm. from Shelton. And uh, here's one of them. We'll find out when I start talking about Bad Sons. So what's your name? Uh, Bill De Silva? Bill De Silva. And your brother's name is? Mark De Silva. Mark De Silva. Okay. So uh, I know you guys are from Shelton. I talked to one of you months and months ago when you first had the... Uh, Probably me. It might have okay. been me. Yeah, I think it was right been. when you were making the application to the PNC. But I mean, obviously, looking at it now, what a location. you got a million cars passing you all the time. Ah, it's a great location. But then when you, you know, before when you look at, sometimes people look at Roosevelt Drive, they just see dilapidated buildings a lot of times. What did you see that was different? Well, we saw a brewery, a building that should be a brewery. It was meant to be a brewery. And we've been driving by this since little kids. And uh, since then, you know, not as little kids, but as we got into business, which was 20 years ago, our dream was to open up a brewery in the valley. Now, we've done just about everything else. And about 10 years ago, we really started looking at buildings. And this building was number one on the list. And it just took, you know, eight years or so until the uh, original owners, the owners of the property, decided to retire and close their business. And then that's when we just went. went sort of and, a natural evolution. Yeah, yeah. And it really, uh, you know, it was really driven by my brother, who's the head brewer. And uh, he had spent a lot of time talking to the owner and coming into the building and just looking at it. It was built at, for the Kellogg family. Okay. A hundred and, well, no, it was 1904. And they used to fill milk bottles in here. So they used to make the milk bottles next door at Roosevelt Towers, and they filled the milk bottles from, from their farm up the road, okay. the Kellogg farm. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, it's, you know, just the history is just great. But then when you come into it, you could tell that it, it all, we didn't have to do anything to the floors of the sloping of the floors because they all pitched to drains because of the milk. That's one of the biggest issues breweries have. They got to in old buildings. They got to rip up the floors and re-pour them. We didn't have huge, to do that. A huge cost savings, I guess. A huge cost savings, and we didn't have to do that. We had to, you know, we had to put some drains and do some work. But you know, 99% of the floor was pitched to areas where we just put drains in that used to have drains in uh, way back when that we just redid. And it worked out great. So yeah, that was uh, Bill De Silva, and I apologize for not having his name when we started recording it. But that's who I talked to, mm. and he was talking about how they saved the money; they didn't have to rip out those uh, those old uh, floors there because it was yeah, already they like, had a drain. Yeah, when you like when you have a job like this, it's just, you just learn so much like interesting stuff like that that like you never. What I cut out of the interview was: Do you know what else he found him. there? I, I didn't. Jimmy Otten. Ghosts. Yeah, I was gonna say. Tons and tons of ghosts. He talks about the Roosevelt Tower where they, there was an actual ghost hunter investigation. I was a part of it. Mm. Let's see what else he has to say. And then what about, I know, one of the uh, uh, impediments to redevelopment a lot of times in the valley, is particularly in Derby and Ansonia, is uh, you don't know what's in the ground, you got to get it tested. True. Just to get to the point where you want to make an offer on a building, there's Very all these true. unknowns. And, and we went through that also. We really did. But, we, you know, thankfully we had a lot of help because we're not experienced in that. Uh, you know, we've been brewing beer, <laughs> you know, for 20 years, so it's that's a different mm -hmm. aspect. And uh, yeah, how'd you when, tackle that? Well, we, when we got involved and told the city what we wanted to do, 
they really helped us. They got us to, it's called the Naugatuck Valley something. Council of Governments. Council yeah. of Governments, the COG. Sure. And and uh, Rick from there and Arthur. Rick Dunn, okay, Rick Dunn and Arthur. Okay, yeah. They really guided us. Uh, they went out and got a grant to do the work that um, for the testing. So through that, they did all this testing. And to be honest, uh, it all came out. It came out clean, came out good, yeah. but nobody knew. Like you said, you don't know. And this is like this is something you have to do. You have it's, to. It's basically the, the form. It doesn't mean it's contaminated. It doesn't mean it, but you have to do it, and or else you're bucks. liable. Yes, and it's big bucks. So if you had not had, we wouldn't have been able to do it. Okay. We probably no, two things. We wouldn't have done it because there was too much liability if we bought the property, because the original owner didn't want to do anything. He's like selling it as is. I don't care, and because he said it was not contaminated. Uh, and he had been here 60 years. So yeah, I thought that was interesting there. Sometimes on our Facebook page, you know, like a couple of weeks ago, we, we posted about uh, bring the Bridgeport bluefish to, <laughs> to Ansonia Derby. You know, I, j- I just threw that out there as a discussion point. And one or two of the comments was like, we don't want to spend any public money on any of this, mm. which I get. You know, you don't want to spend uh, a billion dollars, you know, to build a new stadium for the New York Yankees. Although... That's what these, you know, big municipalities do. However, if you want to get a Brownsfield project, uh, you know, redeveloped and working again, something that people can go to, enjoy, and good for the community, you got to get that federal money in there. You heard them say if it wasn't for, you know, and this is, and in like the Naugatuck Valley Council of Governments, they're, that's federal state money that's mm-hmm. coming down uh, to get these grants so it can be explored, you know, because these developers don't want to, or any business owner doesn't want to have to pay for it. It's, it's just exorbitant. You could pay for all that out of your pocket and then find out that, well, you got some junk in the ground mm-hmm. from when it was a, a, you know, a dye place, and now you got to clean that up before you do anything. You're broke, and nothing, you know, that just keeps these properties undeveloped. That's one of the major hurdles. And you heard him say, if it wasn't for that that money, and I think he got deep money maybe, I think I think it was like $85,000. I'm not 100%. But they would not have done that mm. without that help. So that's informative, right? Yeah, you and like... I, I went We're not talking about what kind of IPA they sell, but I'm sure people also want to hear I about grants. A, uh, I went to a um, thing in Shelton yesterday, Wednesday about uh, the, they just got a EPA grant to do uh, some assessment, environmental assessment on the... Uh, few of the remaining riverfront properties down uh down uh in their own redevelopment zone and it was it was much the same thing it was you know the 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 thinking is like you you could put a little of this federal government money in to assess the properties and that acts as like a catalyst hopefully there's not anything major in the ground it's just it acts as a catalyst for that private investment to come in later is is how they view it Mm, and that's exactly what sort of happened here. Although, I guess uh, uh, Bill De Silva was saying what he did, you know, they've been eyeing this property forever. Mm. You know, it didn't just happen overnight. And when it finally became available, they went right to City Hall and said, this is what we want to do here. But, you know, we're not exactly sure, you know, we know how to do what we got to do, but you need to help us with sort of the environmental remediations of where do we go. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I guess the mayor's office and the, uh, the grant writer over there and the head of economic de-development, de-development, Economic development, according to Bill DeSilva, and that's Leslie Crean. I also just say Crane, Crean. I mess it up every single time. But she pointed them to Naugatuck Valley Council of Governments and, and all that, and, mm-hmm. and look at that. At the end of the day, uh, a nice story. 
and I guess maybe we'll skip around a little bit here. Let's let's segue. Well, we won't segue. This is not a segue at all. But Senator Murphy was there, right? Mm. And I, me and Ethan had come up with a, a bunch of questions to ask Senator Murphy. And why don't we... What's the first question you asked him? Do you remember? I, oh, I guess we asked him what part he played in this. And we'll probably skip over that because we can explain it uh, in a line because according to his press office, uh, the William and Mark De Silva, the owners, were having a hard time just getting a response from the Federal Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau. Basically, they needed somebody to say, hey, well, where's this? What's going on? Mm. And so it sounds like Murphy's office made a phone call did or some, wrote like, a letter or did something. work, yeah. Yeah, some, exactly. Yeah, well said. To, uh, to to help them along. So I guess the government on, on just about every level helped this thing and helped this property get get redeveloped. So what's what's the second question we asked? Uh, it was uh, about uh, Trump, oh, Trump's, Trump's infrastructure plan. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I just thought... Or yeah. what what Murphy would say was the, the lack thereof in infrastructure. Spoiler plan. alert. We'll, we'll get to it. But yeah, we, I, wanted to, I was wondering... This infrastructure plan, and that was something like Kurt Miller had pointed out, the Seymour first selectman when Trump was first elected. Hey, if he does infrastructure, that's what we, we need that. You know, investment in our roads, the, the excuse me, the highways, the train lines. And plenty of Democrats agreed. Valley uh, needs that. Bernie Sanders agreed. Yeah. So let's uh, let's hear what Senator Murphy had to say about that. How's uh, President Trump's infrastructure plan going, and when do you think the Valley can expect, if ever, any of that uh, investment? Well, President Trump's infrastructure plan doesn't exist. Uh, you know, he mentioned it during the campaign, and then he never did anything about it. Uh, we're nine months into, eight months into his presidency, and he uh, hasn't even lifted a finger to try to propose something to Congress. You know, I'm in the Senate in the minority, but we put together a plan. We just decided not to wait for Trump, and we put together a trillion-dollar investment plan, uh, put it out there for the president to look at, put it out there for Mitch McConnell and Republicans to look at, uh, but they are, uh, they're not moving on infrastructure. So I think it's pretty wild. The president talks so much about rebuilding America, and then he hasn't done a single thing about it since he's been in office. But if he does decide to work on it, you know, I've got good ideas. A lot of my Democratic colleagues have good ideas. Uh, we just need, you know, the president and the, and the majority Republicans who run the Senate to, you know, start working on it. All right, so that was Senator Murphy in Derby today at Bad Sons Brewery on Roosevelt Drive talking about the infrastructure plan. Mm. Apparently there is no. But what, didn't we have infrastructure week a couple of weeks ago? I have a T-shirt. I thought so. There was there. Well, it was supposed to be infrastructure week, but that that press conference uh, that sort of became known for something else. I don't remember what. Many sides, both sides. That was the, the one. I, I believe that was. It was infrastructure. That was the ostensible purpose of that. I think. So, what else uh, did we ask Murphy? I want to ask sort of uh, pursuant to that last question about you know. Uh, the president didn't follow through on anything. There has been all this talk from uh, mainly sort of California's House uh, Democratic uh, congressional delegation. Ooh, of they're all high. Is uh, is the president, uh, should his mental health be uh, evaluated and analyzed possibly for... Uh, yeah, I, for invoking the 25th Amendment? I kept seeing, uh, I saw that article on Politico mm. and I was like, wait, are these state... California representatives, but no, yeah, it's the 
these are uh, Congress people. Mm. And uh, Murphy, well, well, we'll let you hear what Murphy has to say about that. That's always good. What's your take on the California Democratic House delegation raising questions about the president's mental health? Uh, one of the representatives uh, spoke about invoking the 25th Amendment. Another uh, wants a resolution to, uh, for the president to get a psychological evaluation. Any thoughts or reaction to that? Well, I don't think the president is being any more reckless than he was during the campaign. Uh, I mean, he, he doesn't seem terribly different to me as President of the United States uh, than he was as a candidate. Um, and, and, you know, by and large, he's doing what he said he was going to do when he ran. Now, I thought those were pretty bad ideas as a candidate, so I think they're just as bad now that he's president. But you can't, you know, impeach a president for doing what he promised to do during the campaign. I know a lot of people are angry that he won, uh, but, I, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't think that the 25th Amendment is, uh, you know, necessarily the right way to go right now. Ultimately, you know, maybe there is real fire underneath all this smoke on the question of the Trump campaign's collusion, potential collusion with the Russian government. Um, that might give rise to a conversation about his fitness to stay in office. Uh, but, you know, we don't yet have all the facts we need for that conversation. All right. So he didn't uh, didn't take the bait, really, to say the president's crazy and we have to uh, invoke the 25th Amendment. To, although um, with the with the California people were saying one of them was saying he's got to take some kind of test. Hmm. <laughs> he's got to take like remember in high school, they would give you that test to see what kind of career you'd fall into. They want to they want him to take something. The like ASVAB. Take, yeah, they want to take the ASVAB. <laughs> So, all right, should we switch back to the to the brewery now? That was uh, we're sort of going back and forth, mm. but why not? Right, keep people interested. What else do you want to know about the brewery? We talked about like uh, what the best selling beer there was and things like that, and also the uh, what else uh, the De Silva brothers. In this case, Bill, I didn't talk to uh, the other De Silva brother, but you know now we've got a brewery. We've got uh, the Dewdrop in at the corner there. Mm. Very popular establishment, you know, known for its wings and steak nights, along with its giant beer selection and just kind of cool location and atmosphere. And now you've got this brewery opening, which can fit like 150 people, and there's plenty of parking, too. Like, there was a ton of parking there. Mm. Now, what else do we need on that block? What else can we see if these properties are redeveloped? And I, th I thought a natural would be a restaurant, because they don't serve food, per se, at the brewery. They, it's a tasting room, but they, they work with Roseland. Mm -hmm. It was up the street there on Hawthorne Avenue, famous uh, pizza, and the Dewdrop brings their wings on certain nights, and you can, you know, we'll put a link into the Bad Sons uh, Facebook page, or you lazy, just go find it. You people mm -hmm. can find it. What do you want from me? Uh, but anyway, but, but you know, I would think that a restaurant would be a natural. Yeah, yeah. Go right? have a beer, then have you know, go across the street and have dinner. What you would know? better complement that place? And it wouldn't take away. I don't. I don't think from the from the other places. So, and that also brought in their hours because we were saying, well, they close at nine p.m. And mm. he had an interesting take on on that. It's a whole different mindset with a brewery, I guess. So, here's more of a Bill De Silva talking about Bad Sons Brewery in Derby. What's your What's your best seller so far? I know it's early. Right now, uh, our best sellers are the Con Ale and the Skip Days. I think one of the reasons for that is because people try, and our, our flights, so our flights, which are, we sell two flights, we have nine beers on tap right now, we sell two flights, four beers each flight, Okay. and they get to pick, 
what they want. So we sell more flights than anything right now because I think people are just trying. But our Con Ale and our Skip Days are our biggest pint sellers as of right now. And I'm looking five bucks for a beer. Like I walking in here, I was like, oh, it's gonna be one of those fancy skinny jeans places. It's gonna be nine bucks. We're this is the valley. We're from the valley. And it's called Bad Sons. That's the last thing. I live right through the woods there. You can almost see my house. <laughs> if somebody walked in with skinny jeans, we'd probably kick them out. No skinny jeans. Good to know. We should say Bad Sons in case if you don't know, it stands for something. Uh, Beacon Falls, Ansonia, Derby, Shelton. Oxford, Naugatuck, Seymour. Seymour. Sorry. Or maybe it's maybe it's Seymour <laughs> first and then Shelton last. No, come on. Seymour's the last. Come on. Thanks for naming Seymour last. Like Murph or what's his name? Miller doesn't he's gonna, bust yeah, he's our gonna chops He's going to come enough. in here next next appearance on our podcast. He's going to come in here guns blazing because of that. All right. You want to go for a, a little more? Now, what about, uh, you know, maybe I'm biased here, but it's good to see this property redeveloped in a way that it's gone beyond its previous potential, yeah. you know? It's a, a brewery. It's been is an a, is evolution a from a yeah. milk bottling plant to yeah, a brewery, right? It, yeah, and it's like so many of these old, they get they become like self-storage places, yeah. a lot of them. Right. What will, I mean, if this is a catalyst, would you like to see like a, a restaurant open next to you? What are some other complimentary oh, listen, things that could happen? I think I would love to see this, this area, and I think it's going to happen. We've already talked to developers that have come to us to come see us and see how we're doing to be like hey is this real like is can we develop in derby and now that they see us here and see what we've done they the matter of fact we got contacted by a developer for next door that's been looking at next door to do apartments and uh, mix uh, retail and, and once he saw this he's like wow this is great because for apartments and that type of thing you need amenities you, need you know you need something right. yeah. that that the apartments could be there and say hey that's cool i could walk to the brewery you know i could do this you know by having uh um the dew drop the right, right there. you know yeah, they've, yeah. they've done great right so it's even with us when we came and we're like see hey they're small but still it's like people come here so mm-hmm. it's we could this could happen and it really has and so we'd love to see more restaurants you know more retail this whole area, plus with the downtown, with what they're doing, you know, to develop kind of like Shelton has, you know, mm-hmm. it is the next, the next step. Shelton's kind of, it's got to happen. Right? It's got to happen. Right? happen. What about your hours? Now? I know it's like on some nights you close about nine. Is that like the set hours? For the- I interrupt real fast. The next part is where he talks about his hours of operation because they close like at nine o'clock and they're not open. They, they close at nine o'clock on certain days mm-hmm. and they're uh, not open seven days a week. And uh, I, was, I was like, well, what are they just experimenting? That's sort of odd. But then he gives a, an interesting answer. Place you think you'll expand going forward? You know, or? you know, one of the reasons that we do close early and are not open five, seven days a week is because we're, we're not a bar or a restaurant. We're a tasting room. And we want to complement the restaurants and the bars in the area. So, and that's one of the reasons why we work with the Dew Drop, with Jay at the Dew Drop. And Wednesday night is Dew Drop night. And, you know, we don't have food truck. He delivers his wings here. And he does a tremendous job. We, and they sell a ton of wings. And then Thursday night's Roseland night. Roseland's never delivered a pizza in their lives. They delivered last Thursday here 80 pizzas. 80 pizzas. 80 pizzas. It's a lot of za from Roseland, mm. which is uh, up the corner there. So that's pretty cool. So you're getting some uh, other businesses, uh, you know, benefiting from the arrival of Bad Sons here in uh, West Derby. So, all right. So let's uh, let me get some Leslie Crane going. Mm. That's the mayor's chief of staff. The uh, 
economic development guru there in Derby City Hall. I talked to her for a while uh, about, you know, what this means for Derby and sort of the vision, what's going on with that area. You know, what are they, there's been, they're, they're, they've been tweaking the zoning there to try to encourage different types of businesses because, you know, the, the, uh, the use that was there, I guess even 20 years ago, you know, 50 years ago, that type of stuff is, doesn't come back. You know, yeah, these, these giant, yeah, heavy yeah. industrial, large scale, you're not really going to, you know, they, they were built on the river and the river's not really it's more recreation now. So mm-hmm. anyway, here is uh, Leslie Crane, the uh, Derby guru. So I know Derby, the city of Derby, the PNC recently was discussing and maybe they enacted a new uh, uh, zoning regulations for this whole Roosevelt Drive. Yes, we have new build district regulations and they went into effect a couple of months ago. Uh, we're actually really excited about the opening of the Bad Sons Brewery. Um, there, there are several things about the brewery that are wonderful. One is that we finally have a really um, an up-and-coming business of substantial size that has taken over one of the mills that is meant for people to socialize. So it combines not only the beer that's brewed at the brewery, but it is also, um, they have a system worked out with Roslyn Pizza and with the Dew Drop-In to bring food in. So you can order food from there and it's all coordinated, um, which is just wonderful. We've got businesses now that have figured out how to work together um, to help each other so that they're not, there's not that competitive edge in a negative way. So we're really excited about about that. We're also looking and um, expect this business to be a catalyst for other businesses in the area to rework and renovate and upgrade some of the other existing mill buildings. Uh, we have a new owner for Serby Cellular, for Derby Cellular. We're waiting to see what exactly is going to happen with that. Because okay. um, I know that had been purchased at one point from a gentleman who had business dealings up in upstate New York. But that man or that company no longer uh, owns Derby Cellular. It was just it was just flipped um, within the last couple of months. Oh, wow. So we've got that. Um, we have a new owner for that, and and we're working with him to work on a new vision for that piece of property because these are challenging obviously like this property all oh, this is probably one of the smaller when you look up and down roosevelt drive from say the dewdrop in uh, all the way up to the yale boathouse what are the challenges to getting something like this off the ground the biggest challenge to getting as with anything else getting to getting projects like this off the ground is to have find people who are willing to either purchase or do a long lease on the a long-term lease on the property who are really dedicated to what they want to do and understand that this is a perfect place to be a catalyst for new stuff. They want to be on, these are owners that want to be on the cutting edge. And the De Silva brothers have absolutely fit that bill. They've been fantastic. This is what they wanted. Um, and we're so glad to have them here in Derby. Okay, and while uh, I was talking to Leslie, she actually brought up the Walmart Plaza on the other side of Derby, right? She was talking about how there were basically uh, three areas that the mayor has been concentrating on in Derby, one of them being Roosevelt Drive and this project here that's up and underway, and also the the new zoning that has been uh, uh, 
taking place on that side of Derby. And they have the redevelopment zone, which we've talked about extensively and done previous podcasts on and written a million stories on as recently as like four weeks ago. You got that plan happening. You know, we'll see what happens. There's an election coming up. We got a primary September 12th and then election November 3rd. So the future of that plan, I think, depends on uh, mm. who gets elected. Uh, and that's, that's America. Then on the other side of Derby, in East Derby, you got Walmart, which sits there like a big busted tooth. A carbuncle on the east side of Derby. Right. You got One the, could say. Okay. You got the empty Walmart and the former uh, Adams Market right next to it. Uh, you know, and we've been, we haven't, I mean, one day we'll get the, the landlord or, or leasing agent on the phone. They'll return a call. Maybe we should just, I'm, I don't want to say we'll stalk them, but we can't get them on. So I was, she brought it up and she said that the mayor talks to a leasing agent or a broker of some kind once a month, I guess, to check in on that property. And there's no news. Uh, so I ask Les, I've a, I ask her, she brings it up and I ask her like, what's Stu the, Leonard's what's isn't, the deal? isn't knocking Stu. that door down. Whole Foods, Whole Foods is nah. So They're too busy merging but, with Amazon. Well, the whole thing is like, you know, retail, like even the retail of a decade ago yeah. isn't what it used to be. You know, like Unless it's, it's just Bridgeport Avenue and Shelton apparently. But yeah. then then especially a, a site that big. You're not gonna, you know. There's all. There's only a handful of players who would even be able to to take over a building that big, and one of them is Walmart, and they just moved out. And you know, there's a there's a BJ's in Derby already. Right. Targets know, so, and Sonia. Yeah, like, what do you so do in that place? Th- you're not gonna get somebody to just take over all that whole thing. It's like our factory. The middle class factory jobs went out, and they've been replaced by lower paying retail jobs. And now those are going out, and then we're all being replaced by robots. Happy New Year. Obviously, on the other side of Derby is um, the Walmart Plaza that um, we are, you know, we are in touch. The mayor is in touch with the leasing agent every month. um, And that is, unfortunately, we, the city does not have as much of a stake in that because we're not owners in any way. That's a completely private market, transactionable area. Is there anything with the current market that's making it tough to get a store in there? I mean, it seems like the days of those big boxes and retail in general is changing so fast. Like, what's the biggest stumbling block there? Even though you're not, you know, the city's not directly involved, you're, you're not out hunting for tenants, but from your view. The biggest stumbling block to the Walmart Plaza and to any area that's a big box is that more and more people are buying online. And so those big boxes are starting to become less and less. The other thing is, even though it doesn't feel like it and everybody was used to having a grocery store there, um, we know that if you just look at the numbers, and this is one of the problems with doing market analyses, is they're just about the numbers. If you ask people, they want a grocery store there. If you just look at the numbers, it looks like we have enough grocery stores here in Derby. Um, Because you can go to Ansonia, Shelton, if you're so inclined, there are and there's, um, yeah, there's the Stop and Shop and BJ's and um, other, there, Aldi's and other places within Derby. Um, so, but if you add those all up and do the math the way that market researchers do them, it looks from afar, if you've never been here and don't know the people, it looks from afar like we're loaded up on grocery stores. If you ask people around the area, if you ask people in Orange, what do you think should happen there? Everyone is saying a grocery store. Um, again, it's a private market setup. 
the city does not have an ownership stake in it, so there isn't that much that the city can do in terms of pushing specific businesses there. Other okay, yeah, so look at this. I mean, this is this podcast is completely worth its money, if you ask me. Mm. I mean, first of all, people are not charging you anything for it. it is, yeah. And we got a U.S. senator on here. We got brewery talk. We got business talk. And then we throw in uh, Walmart and the problems of trying to get a tenant in that place. What else do you people want? Oh, maybe some more from a U.S. senator? We got it. We got it coming. What else did you uh, ask Senator Murphy to... Uh, well, I, and this is something that... No, I've, don't say what he said. I've seen more and more of is speculation about Murphy in 2020 and beyond. Will he be running for president someday? Are you going to run for president? No, I've got my mind focused on doing this job. I've uh, got a re-election of my own up in 2018, so you know, all my focus right now is on doing the best job I can for the state of Connecticut and you know, hoping that the people of this state send me back uh, to the Senate for a second term. <laughs> That's what's known in the biz as a non-denial denial. Well, he said but no. He, he started off saying he said no. Mm. I mean, it's like, oh, my focus is on 2018. Then he, yeah, yeah. but he, but he started off with a no, so Mm. Uh, we'll see. I think there's plenty plenty of people I know who want him to run, but you know, they're they're fans of his. We'll see. You know, what were some of those beers at that place? Con Ale was that the one? Con Con Ale, Flight Risk. Should have hit him up with another Flight Risk. Another two of those. Yeah. yeah. Then asked him these questions. Mm. Next time, though, we'll get you one day, Murphy. All right, and then this is personally my favorite question, even though it's a week old. You know, Steve Bannon left uh, the White House, I guess, about a week ago. Yeah, it was it was last Friday, and uh, I guess he left in the morning and was at Breitbart running their news meeting, or at least sitting in on their news meeting by that afternoon. Mm. And then the Breitbart staff, uh, and that's the the uh, the right wing, alt right sort of uh, website you know mm. and uh i don't know i just i'm just sort of fascinated by the whole i mean who, i have a who buddy. Are themselves the subject of a, a prankster like the the email prankster i'm forgetting his name like they were i didn't yeah i didn't follow they got that, stung but. a little this week too what's fascinating just to me you know i got a buddy was in my wedding party you know, i have like two friends in the world i had a, two people in my wedding party and one of a guy one of them was a guy i went to college with uh, iona college in New Rochelle, New York. And he was like, you know, I don't know, a sensible guy. He was like part of the campus ministry, feed the homeless, you know, do all that kind of stuff, go to other countries, uh, you know, a campus minister. And just in like the last year, he's become like really sort of radical. Like he, ble- and he was a reporter with me. I got him a job at, at a newspaper. We, we sat next to each other. So. Radical left, right? Right. Okay. Radical right. Like to the point where it's, it's, which is fine. You know, I don't blame him for having his, political beliefs but this was a guy who was in the bit uh, albeit we were at the lowest level even lower than the valley indy uh of, of journalism right but we saw like you know the democrats don't control the media i worked with a lot of left-wing right-wing middle of the road they're all over the place mm. you know and it's yeah owned by corporations like the money's the god and selling you know it's not really there's the political I, I think ideology like, in my experience anyway i've only worked in like the northeast but it seems that like the reporters themselves are if anything sort of left of center by no means like all like that but then like the owner of the paper will be like just like a solid like chamber of commerce republican yeah in most cases you know 
Yeah, I so mean, I've worked like a, a balance. I guess, I've worked with reporters that. all all over the place. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, me too. Uh, but anyway, now he's become he. My, my problem with this guy is that he uh, believes he's made up his own hashtag because he, he believes the Democrats control the media. A, yeah, if you make up your own hashtag, yeah. that's. And uh, wait, let me just move this audio down because I'm going to run into it. Hold on. No, I still love the guy, but he he worked in the media. He saw what it was like. You yeah. know, he it wasn't controlled by it was controlled by a corporation it was corporate mm. network you know that 1976 movie to me was a more accurate description of the media that, that i was sort of a yeah, part of yeah it was uh, you didn't know who your boss was your boss was some faceless guy who knew but 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 then you know the trump administration has steve bannon in there who's literally a, he's a publisher mm. he's from a media outlet but somehow that's okay he, he got he left his job in the white house went to his job in a media company by the end of the day i just don't all right but i don't understand why that isn't a problem for like my buddy that that he's cool with and you know breitbart is clearly propaganda i mean that's that guy's political view and now that he's out of office or out of the White House, I mean, out of his job there, he is now clearly uh, directing coverage there, and they're going after uh, uh, Javanka. Yeah, yeah. It's just sort of amusing to watch. So anyway, we, we we're a week late on this, but we ask, uh, and Trump didn't do he didn't do anything crazy today, so we couldn't really get yeah, a we newsworthy. To, uh, yeah. We're not going to make Tom Dudchick's Capitol report. No way. We're not going to make that uh, the, the website or the TV show. But here's Ethan asking Senator Murphy about uh, Steve Bannon. If you do run, you'll announce it on ValleyND.org. I don't think you have to worry about that. Uh, uh, do you read Breitbart? And if so, are you surprised by the shots they're taking at the president's son-in-law? I don't pay a lot of attention to Breitbart. I do follow them on my Twitter feed because I think it's important to you know hear what uh, a mouthpiece of the president is saying. Uh, but I don't give a lot of deep analysis to what Breitbart is putting out there. Uh, do you foresee a government shutdown as uh, President Trump threatened if there's no federal funding to build the border wall with Mexico? I worry about it. I and mean, the president made it pretty clear in his Phoenix speech that he is going to shut down the government uh, if he doesn't get his border wall funded. Uh, Republicans and Democrats don't support the border wall. I still haven't met a single Republican senator who wants that wall. Uh, none of the border states want that wall. Uh, but the president does have the ability to veto spending bills and shut down the government if he wants. It would be a deeply unpopular thing to do and a very reckless thing. I kind of feel like uh, Murphy gave us the high hat because I forgot yeah. at the beginning of that, we, we had asked him if he announces a run for president, will he do it on the Valley Indy podcast? And he was not playing. He just, that was just glossed right over that. Wasted my time, kid. Wasted my time. Do not have to worry about that, yeah. So, so then I, at this I point... I I won't. At this point, Ethan is essentially stuttering John... but uh, it turns out better than his uh his interview with uh morton downey at least that's a great one i wasn't or ted williams wasn't fisticuffs at least so let's let's skip to the last question and then we'll come back and say our goodbyes last question mayweather or mcgregor you know I got to root for McGregor. Mayweather's a bad, bad dude, right? And I find it very hard to root for somebody with a past like that. And you always got to root for the underdog. It'd be wild to see, uh, you know, somebody not trained in, in, in that art be able to pull it off. So I don't know that I'm going to be watching, uh, but, you know, I'm as interested in this thing as anybody else. All right. Hey, 
I think that's a wrap. That was a little different, Ethan, right? We went out there with our iPhones, tried splicing together some audio, do things we were not trained to do in any mm. way. Uh, but I thought it went all right. We got to sit down with a uh, sitting senator. Yeah, so. we, sh- we should thank uh, Senator Chris Murphy for taking the time to talk to us, and a, and a big special thanks to uh, William De Silva for chatting with us about Bad Sons Brewery. It was opened by William and his brother Mark. We had Leslie Crane on from the city of Derby talking about some economic development and uh, volunteering some information about the Walmart Plaza across on the uh, on the west east east side east side of derby we got some dewdrop shout outs mm. roseland the pizza shout outs and just to wrap up let me see if i can find what's the okay to find out more about bad sons the new place in derby uh, you can go to badsons.com or search bad sons beer on facebook on uh, instagram bad sons beer and they're at 251 roosevelt drive in derby you can't miss it plenty of parking available yeah, and you can get Most off of Park nights. Avenue too, you know, access from, from both sides of the street there, which is convenient. So it's 7.30 on a Thursday. The I, I, I am missing tonight's Derby Board of Aldermen meeting. I apologize uh, to the Derby Board of Aldermen, but such is life in a two-person newsroom. Mm. So let's, uh, let's add. You, you want to say goodbye there, uh, Ethan? Goodbye, everybody. See you next time. Thank you.